All right. Notice in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 7, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye? And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Well, I'm going to be preaching tonight. The title of my message is Bible Truths You Shouldn't Preach to Others. Alright, Bible Truths You Shouldn't Preach to Others. You think, what are you talking about? If it's the truth, shouldn't we be preaching it? Well, there are some things that you really have no place preaching to others. Alright, there's some things that even if it's right, you shouldn't necessarily say it to someone else. And we now and, th- and I picked this one to start out with. I've got several different things tonight. And I've even got some bonus ones. I probably won't even cover all of them. But they all kind of, uh, this all kind of has the same message, even though we're going to kind of hit a lot of different things. But there are, there's just some things we shouldn't preach to other people, all right? It doesn't matter if it's true. Okay, for example, if somebody's ugly, it might be true that they're ugly, but does that give you the right to go tell them, hey, that's ugly? All right, you know, do you have the right to go to somebody else's wife and tell them their hairdo is ugly? It might be true, but you're in no position to tell them that. You, you, have, you have no place in that area. And there are some things that people preach all the time to others. There are some Bible truths. There are scriptures that are the scripture, they are the word of God, and everybody wants to preach these things to other people, and they have no business doing it. They have no place doing that. And, I, and so this first one, you know, the first one that people like to preach is, don't judge me. And then what they always want to do, judge not. Just, judge not, lest ye be judged. You know, that's, I mean, everybody knows judge not. Everybody knows this verse. It always gets brought up, and it always gets thrown in your face, where people do, people who don't even like the Bible, people who don't even go to church, are not even saved, they're not even religious, but they're always quick to judge not lest ye be judged. They are, they're always ready to do that. But when we look at this passage in the Bible, the command is not for us, you know, it's not telling us we're not allowed to judge anyone else. Okay? Notice this command of not to judge. This is not something that I take, I'm not supposed to take this. And tell other people not to judge me. Okay? The danger in me judging is not that I might hurt somebody's feelings. The danger in me judging, we see, is that the measure that I meet with other people is going to be measured to me. Do you all see what Jesus is teaching right here? He's trying, he said, with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. When you judge other people, Jesus isn't saying, you know, you're going to hurt their feelings. He's saying, no. You're putting yourself in a dangerous situation because with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. That is what the message is of this. And he goes on to say, you know, why considerest thou the mote that is in thine brother's eye? But considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? He's talking about being a hypocrite, alright? If I am the, if I, I have no right as a hypocrite, I am in no position to be judging other people in an area where I am a failure, alright? If I'm just failing in marriage, if I'm, you know, if I've been married four or five times, and then I'm gonna go and try to tell somebody who's been married for 20 years the same person, 
and I'm going to start judging their marriage. You know what? I'm a hypocrite. I'm in no position to say anything. All right. Now, somebody who's been married for 60 years with the same woman, if they want to talk to somebody who's struggling that's been married for 20 years, they can. They can maybe tell them, hey, you know what? Here's where you're going wrong. I've been there before. I've experienced it. They have a right to say something. They have earned that right to maybe open their mouth. But somebody who's been just failed and they fail over and over again, they have no business saying anything. They have no business judging in that situation. Another thing that we're warned about here in this passage too, I think what what Jesus is trying to teach is that we shouldn't be saying what God should do. For example, if one of you go and you... You do something bad. I shouldn't be going around and saying, you know, the Lord should strike them down with lightning. Because then if I go and do that, if I'm announcing that your know, brother Lonnie deserves this horrible judgment for some sin that he did. And God sees me, you know, calling all this judgment on him. And then I go and do the same thing. You know what? God's going to do that to me. So do you see that the problem with us judging It's not that we're going to hurt somebody else's feelings. It's it's going to hurt us. And so this whole passage here of judge not, this is not something that is meant to be taken and us to throw in somebody else's face when they're judging us. This is something that we use for ourselves. This is something that we preach to ourselves. This is something that we practice in our own life so we don't get ourselves in trouble. And when you just take this passage and you're just throwing it in other people's face... Because they're judging you, okay? What you're doing is you're just trying to benefit off the Bible. It's not that you love Jesus. It's not that you love His commandments. It's that you love yourself and you're actually being selfish with the commands of God. You're not just trying to apply them to your own life. And we see this statement of judge not. This is one that is often preached. And you know, most commandments, okay, most commandments, or um, in the Bible, I do. I believe they benefit us. Okay, but you know there's some commandments that, as far as we know and as far as we can see, they don't benefit us. Can we turn that air conditioner off? It's being distracting to me tonight for some reason. But some uh, some commandments they don't benefit us as far as we can see. All right, look at Matthew chapter five. This is the same sermon Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew five verse thirty-eight. Look what it says. It says, "And ye have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth." But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Okay. Now that verse right there, that's not teaching us to just let somebody beat us up. Okay. When you get smitten on the cheek, what that's really talking about there is that's basically, it's an insult. It's something that's humiliating. It's something that is just, it's a degrading thing that someone could do, that someone would do to you. And he's telling them to turn the other cheek. We're not supposed to retaliate, is what that's talking about. It doesn't mean we just have to let people beat us up. Alright? But then let's keep reading. It says, And whosoever, or if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. How does that benefit us? They already took one thing from me, and I've got to give him something else. Verse 42, give to him, or, and who, or verse 41, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. Turn not thou away. Some of the commandments don't necessarily benefit us, okay. And but at the same time, they are commandments of God. But yet, what do people often want to do? 
they often want to go and preach commandments to other people that will benefit them. Okay, it's not that they're just trying to preach the truth. It's not that they love that Sermon on the Mount so much and they just want everybody to know it. No, it's just they want, I want everybody, you know, I just want to preach forever to be nice because I'm tired of people being mean to me. They're being very selfish with that attitude. And many times these people, I mean, they're, they're, said Sermon on the Mount. Judge not in the Sermon on the Mount, right? But how often are you going to hear them um, quoting these other verses? You know, they're not willing to listen to the entire Sermon on the Mount. It's just the one thing. And one of the things that's always driving me nuts as a preacher and as a pastor is there's always people out there that they hear what they want to hear. And it's like the, you'll say one thing, you'll have one sentence that they like, and they'll like take that one sentence and run with it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times it's like, all right, well, I'm glad you listened to that part, but why didn't you listen to the rest of it too? You know, I, yeah, I preached a message on marriage. Why did you only listen to the part about, you know, it's the, I'm talking to the wife. Why did you only listen to the part where I was preaching to the husband? You didn't re- listen to any of it where I was talking about the wife. The part that, you know, you actually needed to hear. We had the one lady that was coming to our church. All the time when she would be talking to me about stuff, and it was usually things concerning her husband. I was there one day. I'm talking with her and her husband. They're having all these problems. And she just kept saying, as you always say, Pastor. And I'm like, I don't remember saying that. She was always saying, she kept saying, as you always say. And I finally, I stopped one time and said, I don't remember ever saying that. But some people, they just hear what they want to hear. And she did, she quoted me several times. And I'm like, I never said that. And she, she was crazy. They're long gone. Don't, you, none of you would know who they are. But, um, you know, that, but that's how people, they hear what they want to hear. And then they'll preach what they like and they'll leave out what they don't like. That, my friends, is a hypocrite. And if you're a hypocrite, you know what? Just keep your mouth shut. You have no business preaching that. doesn't matter that it's in the Bible. doesn't matter that it's true. You're just trying to take what you like for your own benefit and you're misusing the Word of God and you're being a hypocrite. And Matthew 7, 1 through 5, if they would read the rest of the passage, it's not saying that it's a sin to ever judge someone. We see many times in the Bible we're told to judge things. There's more passages that tell us to judge then it tells the judge not. This is talking about judging as a hypocrite. And these people that want to quote, judge not, judge not, they are actually in violation of this passage. So they need to shut up. And we and you see them all the time. And these people, don't listen to them. Don't let them make you feel bad because they quote a Bible. They're misusing the Bible. They're handling the, handling the Word of God deceitfully. They're actually going against Matthew 7, 1-5. And next time they do, next time they say, judge not, say, could you please quote me the next four verses? You know, and they're going to get a really dumb look on their face. And they're not, they're not going to know what it's talking about. So turn over to Matthew chapter 18. So don't judge me is one thing. You don't need to go around preaching to other people. And then another thing, uh, Matthew 18 verse 21. Let's look at this right here. This is another one people like to do. So then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Another thing people like to preach is, you should forgive me. Have you ever had somebody do something to you and they're like, you know what, you need to be more forgiving. Well, you need to stop doing things to me. You know, it's like, you know, but no, you're supposed to be forgiving. Yeah, but you've done this 20 times. Yeah, well, Jesus said forgive 70 times seven. I haven't done it 490 times. You should forgive me. Hey, you have no right, when you do wrong to somebody else like that, you have no right to go preaching that to them. 
And notice in this passage too, because everybody brings up the 70 times 7. But notice what Peter did. Peter didn't say in this passage, you know, he didn't say, how often should they forgive me? That's how a lot of people would ask it. A lot of people, if they had a chance to ask Jesus a question, you know what they would do? You know, Lord, how often should my bro- does my brother have to forgive me? Because I've got a brother, they've only forgiven me, you know, 25 times. You know, and I want them to forgive me more because I plan on continuing to transgress against them. Alright? No, Peter said, how often am I to forgive him? Okay? Peter's thinking, you know, what am I required to do? What am I supposed to do? He's not asking what are they required to do. And do you all see the difference? Do you see how just how you would ask that question changes everything? You see what people do? They do they're taking things from the Bible and just taking what they want, thinking, how can I benefit from this? How can this help me out? Instead of saying, Lord, what can I do to stop transgressing against people? Lord, how can I be a better person so people don't need to be forgiving me all the time? But they never want to ask that. What do they just want to do? They just want to say, you need to forgive me. You need to forgive me. You know, and teenagers do this with their parents sometimes too. You know, parents, maybe they take away privileges because their teenager turns out to be dishonest. You know, they lie to their parents. And what do they do? They'll take away privileges. And then later, you know, the teenager comes, you know, I got my driver's license. I'd like to take a trip to California. Uh, no, I don't trust you to do that. Why not? Well, remember when I just let you go across town, what you did? Yeah, but I said, I'm sorry. You're supposed to forgive. And I said, I'm sorry. I I hate when kids do that. You know, when they do something really bad, I said, oh, sorry. You know, okay. All right, great. But you know, I'm, I'm glad you're sorry, but you know, that doesn't mean there's no consequences. I think that's what some people think they're going to do when they get to heaven. They're going to stand before God. Just, I'm sorry. You know, why you cast me into hell? I said, I'm sorry. You know, sorry. You know, you're supposed to, you know, you didn't do what I told you to do. Sometimes there's consequences for our action. And you got people out there that are so self-centered. They're so self-obsessed. Whenever they look at things, whenever they look at a verse like this about forgiveness, they've never at one time in their life looked and thought, how do I apply this in my life? It's no, what are other people supposed to do with me? Peter, who had his issues, especially during this time, he didn't even ask, how often are they supposed to forgive me? He said, how often am I supposed to forgive them? Peter was worried about what he was supposed to do, not what everybody else was supposed to do. He didn't even say, Lord, how do I get people to stop transgressing against me? He just said, how often am I supposed to forgive? And many times when you hear people bring this verse up nine times out of ten, They're bringing it up because they think somebody should forgive them. And you know what? You're right. People should forgive. People should forgive until 70 times 7. But if you are the transgressor, keep your mouth shut. You've got no business asking for that. You've got no business saying anything. You can ask for forgiveness. But you know, you can't force somebody. You can't make somebody forgive you. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Yeah, but Jesus commanded us to forgive. He did, but let's look at something, all right? Let's look at something in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. 
If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Do you know why Jesus can tell us to forgive other people? Because He's done it for us. Alright? We will never forgive anyone more than Jesus forgave us. He has every right to ask us to forgive. He has, he has every right. We transgressed against Him. He did absolutely nothing. And so for, if we, if He was willing to forgive us, then He has every right. Not, not even just because He's God. Because of what He did for us. He is able to tell us to forgive. But listen, it's one thing for Jesus to tell me to forgive, and it's another thing for you to tell me to forgive the transgressed against me. Okay? You don't come to me quoting the Bible on something like that. You don't come and punch me in the nose and then just say, you need to forgive me. Jesus told you to forgive. You have no right to do that. You're the transgressor. You're supposed to be asking my forgiveness. Okay? You don't get up and demand that I forgive you. Okay? When we got, you, you realize you don't get forgiveness without asking for it, do you? You don't get it without asking for it. And we do. We ask God for forgiveness, and He gives it. People who don't, you know, confess their sins, those who don't call more for salvation, they're not going to get forgiveness. And the truth is, many people are out there, and they—they're not even asking for forgiveness; they're demanding it. Like I have a right to forgiveness. Because God told you to forgive. You, Jesus can preach that to me all He wants. Those who have forgiven me can preach that to me all they want. But you as a transgressor, you need to keep your mouth shut. You have no right to open your mouth on that. Once again, you're just being selfish with the Word of God. You know, you'll quote those, you'll, you go and you quote those verses about forgiveness, but you won't quote the verses about the sins that you did against me. You're not going to quote the verse about loving your neighbor as yourself. Would you punch yourself in the nose? You know, they're not going to, you know, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them? You're not going to quote that verse to yourself. But you'll quote verses about forgiveness to me. Do you see what a selfish attitude that is? And what makes me so sick when people do this, they act like they're being spiritual. And they, they literally, it's like there's people that are out there, I think they read their Bibles just so they can find out what everybody else is doing wrong. They, they do. They'll read through their whole Bible and they'll never find one fault of their own, but they'll find all our faults. You realize just how selfish that is? That, that's, some, that's some wicked stuff right there. And it's annoying too. All right? Everybody hates hypocrites. All right? everybody, everybody hates the hypocrites. But we shouldn't just preach to others the things that will benefit us. Okay? Even if we've done those things to others. Okay? You know, we shouldn't just... You know, when you do something for somebody, you know, you shouldn't throw it in people's face. Okay, you, you know, that, that's wrong. For example, you know, if, if I do this great thing, let's say Brother Lonnie really does something against me. He, I mean, he transgresses greatly. And then every time I preach a message on forgiveness, Brother Lonnie knows he's got to hear the story about how I forgave him. Brother Lonnie, you remember what you did to me that one time? That was so low down. That was so sorry. But you know what? While you didn't deserve it, as scummy as you were, I forgave you. You know, and I'm just constantly throwing it in his face. I'm constantly using that to my benefit. I'm constantly scoring points off that. And there's a lot of preachers that do that. You know, they they love telling their stories about that one time they did something right, and just it gets told over and over again. 
And that that's that's just rotten. Alright? That's just rotten. We shouldn't do that. You know, we can when it comes to the our stories and things we tell or testimonies we give, you know, we can preach on behalf of someone else. But we shouldn't just do these things for our benefit. Okay? You know, if you know Brother Lonnie and Josh they have some kind of conflict going on, you know, I can try to speak on the behalf of the other one. You know, I say, hey, you know, remember, and, and you know, if I and if I have forgiven Brother Lonnie and he's got an issue with Brother Josh, I can I can bring that up. Paul did that. Paul often brought up the things that he had done for other people. I think that was in Philemon. Yeah, Philemon, he talked about that. He's like, hey, if he's done you any wrong, he said, put that on my account. But don't forget, you owe me. That's exactly what Paul did, didn't he? See, Paul had the right to ask him to forgive that debt because Paul had obviously done something for this man. And so if I've forgiven Lonnie some great thing, I can ask him to do that. I can't demand it. I can't make him do it. But I can ask that and I can speak on behalf of him. But if I'm often bringing that up, just making it for my benefit, let's say this time I do something to Brother Lonnie. Okay? Well, if I was forgiving, then it's a clean slate, right? I shouldn't be bringing it up and throwing it in his face. And then I do, and I just go and I do something terrible to him. Thinking, well, you know what? He did do this to me one time. So I'm going to go and do this to him. And then I'm going to demand he forgive me because I forgave him. Well, I just canceled out my forgiveness because of the fact that I did something back to him. You know, now we're just both bad guys. And we see that that's how people are. Some people are just so selfish. It is amazing the way they will take Bible commands and they'll take scriptures and just use them in such a dirty way. People that, there, people that do that are not spiritual, all right? And so I, I don't have, and I don't have the right necessarily to you know demand things on behalf of someone else. I, I use this illustration a lot when uh, when I'm out soul winning. I'll tell people, hey, if somebody owed you a thousand dollars, I would not have any right to go tell that person, you know what? I forgive your debt to this other person. Not unless I'm willing to pay that debt. I often use that about our sin debt. We sinned against God. Okay? And that debt has to be paid. And so Jesus is able to forgive us because He paid that debt. Now, if I pay their debt, then I, then I now have a right, I have some say in things. But it is, it's amazing how people who are the debtors, those who have wronged others, will often Throw forgiveness in other people's face. You have no business doing that. If you are the transgressor, it's appropriate for you to ask for forgiveness, but you better be willing to not get it. And if they don't give you forgiveness, that is between them and God. Okay? And if you do, if I come to you for forgiveness, if I do something wrong and you do not give me that forgiveness, just because I said I'm sorry doesn't mean we're even. It, that stinks for me. I've transgressed. I haven't gotten forgiveness from my brother. But you know what? I don't have the right to carry anything out against you. I don't have the right to say, well, my hands are clean. I said I was sorry. I'll be, No, it's between them and God now. And the last thing I should be doing in that situation is preaching a sermon, bringing up verses about forgiveness, you know, just doing, you know, doing all these Posts and things on Facebook just to about forgiveness and you know why can't people be more forgiving like Jesus? You know these passive aggressive things that people often do sometimes. I have no right to do that. I'm the transgressor. You know what I need to do? I need to. That's things for me. 
I wish they'd have forgiven me. And then if God agrees with me that they should have forgiven, then you know what? God will deal with them. But I have no business. I have no business retaliating. I, have, I was the transgressor. And I definitely don't need to go like some Pharisee and throw in these scriptures in their faces. That is a very selfish, selfish attitude. So when you do someone wrong, you know, you definitely have the right to ask for forgiveness, but never throw that in their face. Do not go preaching them scriptures about forgiveness. Don't go buy them a big old poster about forgiveness or a big picture to hang on their wall. You know, just, you know, don't do stuff like that. That's wrong. So turn over to Philippians chapter 2. So, you know, don't judge me. You should forgive me. You have no right to preach that to other people. Uh, Philippians 2 and verse 3. Look at this one. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So verse 4, Look not every man on his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. You know what that passage is teaching us there? That's teaching us that we should be considerate of other people. We could, we should put the needs of other people above our own. Is that what that, not what that's teaching right there? But now do I have the right to come to you and when I have a need, demand that you put my needs first? Maybe we both need 20 bucks. Alright? You know, Brother Mark's got 20 bucks, I don't have 20 bucks, but we both need 20 bucks. Brother Mark, can I have that twenty dollars? Well, now I, I need it. Well, the Bible says, "Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others." Do you realize when I say that to him, I'm looking on my own things and not on the things of others. I'm preaching a verse to him that I, I am doing the absolute opposite of. Why does he have to do it and I don't have to do it? You see, that's what everybody's doing with these verses. And people often do that. They will put you in a bad situation and then they'll tell you, you need to be more considerate of other people. Now, folks, I could preach a whole sermon on this and I I could go full-fledged old IFB and for the next hours tell stories about examples like this, all right? And I won't I won't do that to you, but I just feel led to tell one right now. You know, I, but we had a situation one time. We were going to youth conference. We had like 15 people. And one person kept being late. One, one person was late. And we needed to leave at a certain time. So, you know, I didn't left without him. And they followed. And then we went to the next place. Every time it was time to leave, this person would decide they had to go to the bathroom or whatever. And I would leave without him. Well, several months later, I got chewed out by this individual for being inconsiderate of other people's needs. They decided they wanted to get they wanted to get right with God. They'd been bitter at me for a long time. They wanted to get right with God. And so they wanted to apologize to me for being mad at me. And then in the process of telling them why while they were mad at me, I was like, well, why were you mad at me? Then they started telling me about all these things I'd done wrong. And there, there was multiple stories came up and I felt terrible after it was all done, you know. But I remember they, they're telling me about how I was inconsiderate of other people's needs. And they brought up about five different stories, about five different instances, all right. And I'm only going to tell you the one story. But with this one story, I told them, I said, do you realize you're telling me I'm inconsiderate of other people's needs? Do you realize all those other people showed up on time? All the other people did what they were supposed to do. Do you realize you are asking me to make 15 people late for you? Who's putting 
you know, themselves first. Who's being inconsiderate of other people? Everybody else did the right thing. You did the wrong thing. And you wanted me to inconvenience everyone else. Sorry, that's not how I work. I'm going to worry about the people that are doing things right. And folks, I could, I could tell so many stories like that. I could tell about 50 just about this one person. That's just how they were. You're not very considerate of other people's needs. You're not considerate of other people's needs. And you're going to bring up that. You're going to tell me I'm inconsiderate. You're going to you know, look not every man of his own things. That, that verse got quoted to me. Really? You're telling me to look every, you know, to get every man to look on your needs while you, while I ignore the needs of everyone else. That's not, you have no right to go to somebody and throw that verse in their face. You know what you're supposed to do with that verse? You're supposed to look in your own life and you're supposed to say, you know what? I need to put the needs of other people first. You don't preach that to somebody else. You don't preach to someone else. You should put your needs before mine or my needs before yours. You don't do that. You have no right to do that. That is not what that passage is teaching. And people who have, who, you know, and this is, a lot of people do this too. Many people act obligated because they're the minority. You know, and people who do that, people who act obligated for stuff because they're a minority, they're jerks. All right? They're just, they're just jerks. They have no problem inconveniencing, inconveniencing everyone else. All right, when I, when I talk about minorities here, all right, I'm not talking about skin color and things like that. All right? But for example, I was talking to Brother Josh about this. You, you know, I think it's stupid that we have laws demanding and making businesses, churches and all that be handicap accessible. Well, you should care about the handicapped people. Well, yeah, I should. I absolutely should. You know, I want our church to be handicap accessible, and it is. But at the same time, you realize most people aren't handi- most people aren't handicapped. Most people don't have trouble with steps. You're going to get them to pass a law demanding everyone accommodate you. That isn't that kind of selfish, right there. You should be thinking of my needs. And we have had so many people come to this church. We had a lady one time came here. She's riding her scooter back and forth the whole service. Back and forth. I mean, I don't know how many times she left the service riding her scooter. I mean, it had everybody distracted. And she called me asking if it's a problem that she continually leaves the service. And the thing is, we, we go over to the high rise and do those Bible studies. She'd be there for the whole hour and never have to leave. But for some reason, when she got in here, she had to leave about five times. And I told her, I said, well, you know, it is a little distracting. I was like, you know, could you possibly go to the bathroom before church? And, you know, that way you wouldn't need to go during service. And she got mad and never came back. And I'm a terrible person and I'm inconsiderate because of that. No, here's what's inconsiderate is distracting everyone else. Just because, you know, you can't sit still. Wherever. We had the one guy that came here the one time who is, who's got... Every letter in the world wrong with him. Brother Lonnie knows what I'm talking about. He told, he said, I never feel suicidal, but sometimes I feel homicidal. He's tell, he, that is exactly what he said. He said, I often get in fights with people. Just, it's, it's not, you know, it's not their fault. I just get angry. And he had just called me up because he had to go to the court for something. And he got in a fight with the security guard because they didn't want him to take his cell phone in there. And the hospital had to come take him to the psych ward in the hospital. And I, he tells me all these things. And I said, well, you know, 
you can't get in fights with people at the church. If you're going to come, you're not allowed to fight. He's like, yeah, but I can't help it. I've, you know, I mean, I'm this, I'm schizophrenic. I'm, I said, I understand it, but you can't get in fights with people at the church. And I said, you mentioned you feel homicidal sometime. I'm like, you know, I said, we have kids in the church and he, you know, oh, I'd never do anything to a kid, you know. And then his, his mom called and chewed me out because I dared think he might do something to kids. And I said, your son told me he feels homicidal sometimes. I think I need to worry about that a little bit and, you know, ask a few questions when that comes up. I said, your son just got in trouble at a courthouse fighting with a security guy. He told me he struggles with fighting with people. But, you know, we're all just supposed to put up with that. We're all just supposed to just go along. Well, it's not his fault. You know, everybody, everybody today has some kind of handicap. Everybody today has some kind of issue. We've got all these nut jobs, we've got all these psychos. They got to have their little, you know, uh, you know, therapy animals. What do they call them? You know, emotional support, emotional support animals. Brother Romero was just talking about the other day. Got all these people mad at him, making fun of emotional support dogs. And people are like, you know, saying, you know, you should let them in your church. I don't want animals in the church. Do you realize what a distraction a dog would be in the church? Oh, but they're so well trained. If we had a puppy in this church, what do you think all the kids are going to be looking at? They're all going to be looking at the puppy. And you know what? And we and we don't want to put up with dogs in the service. Yeah, but you should th- you know you should think about me. I've got this problem. Hey, but you know what? Everybody else has a problem with sitting around dogs during church. How about you stop making everyone focus on you? And why don't you think about other people? You're going to tell me to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on things of others, while you inconvenience everyone else because of your little problem? These goofballs that want to bring their animals and things on airplanes and stuff? Hey, think about everyone else. Take those things into consideration. But what do they all want to do? They all want to claim some kind of victim status. And then I'm a jerk for saying that. Some lady was like chewing me out because I said something about those things. And she was talking about some pastor out there that has to have one of these service dogs because it licks his face if he's going to have a seizure. And so he's got to have it with him driving. I'm like, so, oh, so we're going to put public safety into the paws of a dog. Do we really want a guy driving around who just has seizures randomly? And we're going to trust the dog to make sure, you know, he pulls over before he has a seizure? You know, well, he, he can't help it. Oh, okay, so we don't want to offend him, so we're going to put everybody else's lives in danger. Do you realize how selfish of an attitude that is? But yet, we're the selfish ones. As a pastor, I'm the selfish one because I don't want to inconvenience everyone else in the church. All right, you know, somebody's got severe BO. Well, I'm allergic to deodorant. You know, everybody's got some kind of handicap. Everybody's got some issue and they want everyone else to deal with it. Okay? And, and we all do it if we're not careful. You know, I get angry all the time at all the cheese that they put on everything. But you know what? Here's a majority of people like cheese. Alright? And this is America. They put American cheese on everything. And sometimes you just got to deal with stuff. I, but for me to go around trying to get cheese banned. Alright? Because I have an issue with it. That right there just shows how self-centered I am. You know, you got these people with all the peanut allergies and this allergy and that allergy, and it's like they want all these things banned. No, you don't want everybody else likes peanuts. All right, you just don't get to have them. You just might have to be more careful. Don't go around demanding that the whole world accommodate you. 
I mean, you're like a one and a thousand and you want a thousand other people to be inconvenienced. Some of these people, they want a thousand, they want a thousand other people to be taxed because of their problem. What it happens anytime you start complaining about the, uh, whenever we were complaining about the health care and Obamacare and the universal health care and all those things. Everybody wants to come on and they want to bring their little kid in front of a camera that has some rare disease that one out of every million people gets. I wouldn't be able to afford this if it weren't for Obamacare and all that. You know, you don't care about me. No, you want to inconvenience a million other people for your one issue. Now, should we, as the million, care about that one? Sure. But do they need to be demanding it? Hey, if we're doing something nice, shouldn't we get the benefit of making that choice ourselves? And shouldn't we get the benefit of having the one that we appreciated say thank you? But what do we get to deal with? We get to listen to them demand it and tell us we're selfish because maybe we don't want to do it. So, and I want to handicap. I want to. I want handicap people to be able to come here. We when we started this church. Our church has always been handicap accessible, but it wasn't officially handicap accessible. It didn't meet the code. And we spent almost $15,000 getting it handicap accessible. But you know what? We did it because we wanted to and because we had to. But you know what? I didn't have any handicap people thank me for that. We didn't get, we didn't get any thanks for that. And I, it bothered me that we were legally required to do that. I wanted to do it, but it bothered me that we were legally required to do it. I think that is wrong. And you can say, well, you know what? That's a selfish attitude. Okay, great. All right. That's between me and God. But you as the beneficiary of the 15 grand that we spent, you don't get to say anything. All right. You can keep your mouth shut and that's, that's the way it should be. But what do people do? They want everyone else to be inconvenienced. That, that's selfish. That's wrong. We do, you know, in our house too, you know, if we have family, they need to stay where we, we let family stay at our house, but I get aggravated too. This is just a pet peeve of mine. If family needs to come stay with us, stay at my house, they're welcome. They're family. We ought to help our family out. But you know what? I don't owe your dog a thing. And we've had family that have wanted to come stay and bring their dog. And my wife let them put it in the garage, which made me mad. You know, and the thing is, they act like dog has to stay in the garage. They were lucky they got to stay in the garage. You know, it's like, why do you have a problem? I don't want some dog at my house going and pooping in my yard where my kids play. Oh, that's normal. I think it's disgusting. I don't, I don't want it. I have chosen, I have elected to not have those things. And if you, you have no right to just go and demand and act like you're entitled to allow my, your dog to stay at my house. That's, listen, we've got two cats. We're going to be going on vacation. I'm not real sure what's going to happen, but you know what? I'm too embarrassed to ask anybody to watch those cats. I would rather, you know what? That's our problem. I'd just rather go dump them off at a park somewhere, you know? But I mean, I would never demand somebody to do that. You know, I would ask, I would offer money. You know, I would, you know, I, cause they're cats. Nobody, nobody here owes me babysitting cats. Even if we've babysat your kids for free, okay, 
We, you know, you don't owe us babysitting cats. There is a big difference between taking care of people and taking care of animals. And yet, I'm, I just get aggravated at people that want to inconvenience others for their animals. And then they'll tell me I'm selfish because of that. No, you're selfish. I'm sorry. People are up here. Animals are way down there. It, I don't care. Oh, it's just your opinion. No, that's not my opinion. I have a soul. They don't. Okay? And I say all that too to let you know, just don't ever ask me to watch your dog. Alright? Because I'm not going to do it. And... Uh, you know, my, my parents, they had a dog for a long time. We never watched that dog. They do, don't ask, they watched our kids all the time. Well, they watch your kids, you should watch your dog. No. Difference between kids and dogs. If they, and that, that's the way I see it. But anyway, you know, that attitude, you should be more considerate of me. You know, it's, if, you know, if, just because you're right too on some things, it doesn't mean everyone should bow down to us. And I see this a lot too in this movement. I had a guy call me up one time and he's telling me all about his church. He goes to this church of about a hundred people and he was telling me how this church, his church doesn't have any soul winning. His church didn't have any soul winning. They were wrong in the pre-trib rapture. They were wrong about the Jews. He's telling me all the things I would want to hear bad about a church. And he was taught, started telling me about all these confrontations he had and all these problems he had with his pastor and he was wanting to move out here. And he's telling me about all these things and about all these problems and things he had. And I just told him, I said, I said I, I, before he told me how many people, I said, how many people go to that church? And he said, a hundred. And I told him, I said, okay, and how many people agree with you about soul winning, post-trib rapture and all that? Nobody. I said, okay. So God didn't make you the pastor of that church. There's a hundred people. They've been in that church for years. They've had that doctrine for years. They haven't had soul winning in years. And you just are going to show up at this church and you're just going to announce to them, I'm right, you're all wrong, and everybody's supposed to change. I told him, I said, you know what? I said, I agree. I said, you're right. You're right about doctrines. You're right they ought to have soul winning. Do you realize a hundred people got together and decided we want to have church without soul winning? If you don't like it, I said, just don't go there. I said, you just need to go over it. And I kind of chewed the guy out, and he never talked about coming to visit our church again. And I was like, I don't want somebody like that. It's like, you're an idiot. All right? It doesn't matter. That you are right and everyone else is wrong. There's you and a hundred other people. God didn't put you in position as pastor there. And so you know what? You just need to either put up or shut up. That's exactly what you need to do. And I, I tell people that all the time. Don't think that just because you are right, everyone else is entitled to change. We're right when it comes on things politically, aren't we? We're right because we believe the Bible. But does that mean, you know, we're just going to just tell everybody else, you know, all right, we're just taking over. Unless we got some kind of clout to enforce these things, sometimes we just got to put up with some stuff. And you know what? We are a minority in this country. And there's some junk we're just going to have to put up with. There's some things we might actually have to suffer through. And it stinks, but you know what we don't need to do? We don't need to act like some entitled little millennial, you know, just out holding signs and protesting and throwing a big fit. Sometimes you just need to deal with things. You need to understand that it's you. You're all by yourself. And stop acting like the whole world's got to bow down to you. That's not the way things are supposed to go. But that's the attitude of people today. I've got this problem. I've got this one issue. Everyone needs to change for me. I don't like this. You know, that should be banned from the church. That, that would be selfish. 
You know, everyone else should be thinking about me. That is wrong. Because everybody does. Everybody's got some kind of issue. Everybody's got some kind of handicap or whatever. But you know what? Sometimes we just need to deal with things. Some people have more money than you do. That doesn't mean you're entitled to some of theirs. That just means you've got to go through life with less money. Some of us just aren't as smart as other people. That, you know, some of us are just going to have, we're going to have to work a little harder than other people because we haven't got as much brains or whatever. You know, and we, we, it's not always going to be this level playing field where everything has equal results. And if you don't have the same results as someone else, you have no right to go demanding something from them. You have no right, if you're poor, you have no right to go demanding the rich give you some of their money and tell them that they're selfish. That right there shows that you are the selfish one when you have that attitude. So, just just a couple quick bonuses. I'm not even going to go through all these, but another few other things people often preach to others is do unto others. And when do they say do unto others? It's not when they have an opportunity to do something for someone else. It's when they want something somebody to do something for them. Do unto others. You have them do unto you. I I, I you know I need this. You, if you need to do it unto others. You have no. You don't get to say that to other people. You preach that to yourself. Another one too. You know, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. That's true, right? But if I'm being the enemy, if I'm cursing the person, do I get to go quoting that to them? And, and I've had lost people do this too, with the turn the other cheek and all that. I've had lost people that have that I've worked with in the past. That have done me wrong, and when I've confronted them with it, they're like, "Aren't you a Christian?" I thought Christians were supposed to turn the other cheek. I thought Christians were supposed to be forgiving. I've had lost people tell me that before. That right there is when you know I always want to see if I can't just lose my Christianity for a minute. Like, that irritates me greatly. But you realize when a person does that, that shows just how self-centered they are. When you would go to someone and say, "You're a Christian." You should give me a free pass. You should let me walk all over you. That shows just how selfish that person is. And there are people out there today that take the Bible, they take Bible verses, and they completely misuse them. They have no right quoting these Scriptures to other people. They have no right throwing these Scriptures in other people's face. Some Scriptures God gave for us to preach to ourselves. And these things that we looked at, these are things that we preach to ourselves. So, Pastor Tommy, you preach a message on these. Yeah, but I'm not preaching these things to you for my benefit. Okay, I'm not gonna get, I shouldn't get up here. If I go and I do some terrible thing wrong, you know, say I go and I, I gamble away a bunch of the church money. And then me get up and preach a message on forgiveness. Just because I want forgiveness from everyone here. That's not what it's about. You know why I'm gonna preach messages on forgiveness? Because you need to forgive other people. It will benefit you. That will benefit them. It's what God commanded to do. I shouldn't be going and just preaching things that will benefit me to try to manipulate you for my benefit. That is selfish. And that is what a lot of people are doing today and acting spiritual at the same time. And you know what? It makes me just want to slap them and then tell them, you know what? Now you need to turn the other cheek. I shouldn't do that, but it makes me feel that way. That's what I want to do. And we shouldn't study the Bible just to find things to use against other people. Especially to use against them for our benefit. We should study the Bible to figure out how we can please God more. 
We figure out, Lord, I, you know, we should go to read our Bible to find out what I need to do. Wives, don't go home tonight and read your Bible and say, you know, just so you can tell your husband everything he's doing wrong. You read your Bible so you can find out what you are doing wrong. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And unfortunately, a lot of people are, are doing that. And it does. And it gets especially frustrating when you hear that. Because you know, you know it's Bible. You, know, you can't tell them, that's not true. You know, <laughs> Because it is true. But you know what? They don't have any business saying anything. And the truth is, when they do, when people use the Scriptures like this, they are actually in violation of Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 5. They are being a hypocrite. The people that quote, judge not and throw that in your face because they don't want you judging them. They don't even realize they are in violation of that passage. They are being a hypocritical judge. We don't need that. And so there's many other things like that, just uh, different examples we could give them. But those are just several. But basically the, the majority of the, the moral of this is when you're studying your Bible, you don't study to figure out what other people can do for you. You figure out what you're supposed to do. That is what it's all about. And so, with that, let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you so much for your word. I pray you'll help us to practice these things in our life. Lord, I pray you'll uh, help us to preach to others and teach others the scriptures. But Lord, help us to do it in the right way, in the right attitude. Help us to do it for their benefit and not just our own. And Lord, I pray that when we do preach the truth to others, that we won't be hypocrites, dear God. And if uh, we are failing in these areas. I help you. I pray you'll help us to just learn to keep our mouths shut, and uh, until we get things right, I pray you'll bless everyone uh, uh, for this and in this area. In your name, we pray. Amen. We'll go ahead and.